Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to Episode 6 of the Joe Beningo Oh the Pain podcast. As we'll break down uh, yesterday's disgraceful performance by the Jets in London against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll also go around the league a little bit. And the uh, Joe Beningo Older Pain podcast, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at Natural Body, uh, Steve Calabrese and company. Miami got killed by Tampa yesterday, so the, the Dolphin fans cannot be happy. Also brought to you by our friends at Anita Tire in Rivervale, New Jersey. See Ari, see my son Johnny Neeson. They'll take care of you, all your tire needs, all your uh, uh, car service needs. And we also have a new sponsor. I want to welcome my buddy Mike Jones. And the Hackensack Brewing Company, uh, I want to thank them for their sponsorship. Uh, they're located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood. We'll talk about them later on as the show goes on. All right. The Jets lose yesterday 27-20 to 20 to the Atlanta Falcons in, in London. And I, I am so ticked. Well, first of all, first of all, I, when they won last week and they beat the Titans, I felt pretty good. You know, I was thinking, you're looking ahead to the game against Atlanta. You're figuring this is a team they can beat. Atlanta, not a very good team, one and three on the year. Atlanta's coming into the game with two of their top receivers out, Calvin Ridley and Gage. You're feeling, man, you know what? This is a game the Jets can win. They can get to two and three going into the bye, and then bring on the Patriots, and we got a whole new field to the season. But as the week went on, more and more was I starting to feel very, very scared and and not too confident about this game. Everybody I talked to loved the Jets in this game. My good buddy, the great Tommy Keenan, great Jet fan, one of the best Jet fans there is. He was positively giddy that the Jets were going to win this game. JJ, my good friend, John Dostramski, the great radio personality that he is. He's a Dolphin fan, not too happy that they got whacked yesterday by Brady and the Bucks, but loved the Jets. Picked them in our weekly pick show. Even bet them getting the three points, whatever the spread was. And then, so this is Saturday, and I'm flipping out that everybody's loving the Jets. And then, minutes before opening kickoff yesterday, I put on NFL Network, and everybody, all four of the people that are doing this pregame show, Willie McGinnis, Steve Smith, my good buddy Michael Irvin, the young lady Colleen, I forget what her last name is, I believe Colleen is her first name, they all pick the Jets. I knew they were dead. I knew they were dead. And then the game starts, and the Jets don't show up. They don't show up. Now, let me say one thing before we even start breaking the game down. First series of the game, the, the, the Falcons have a third down. Ryan goes back to pass. Quincy Williams hits him with a legal hit. It's a third and nine play. The pass goes, on, you know, the pass goes incomplete. The Jets look like they're off the field. All of a sudden, there's the flag. Tony Corrente, who's, you know, he probably should retire now for being an NFL referee. He's been around, you know, probably too long. Calls roughing the passer against Quincy Williams. You look at the play. What do you want Quincy Williams to do? 
He hits Ryan just as he releases the ball. He doesn't hit him in the head. He doesn't hit him in the knees. He hits him basically in the chest or straight up in the in the in the uh, well, let's say the chest area. Okay, it's a clean hit, legal hit. He doesn't pull his full body weight landing on him. Although I guess that's what the NFL or, or Corinthi was seeing. And this really, and I understand the Jets probably don't win this game anyway. I'm not saying they win the game or exonerating anything that happened after that, but that's a game changing call, and it's a terrible call. It's a terrible call. And I wonder if it was Matt Ryan, uh, excuse me, if it was uh, um, Zach Wilson getting hit and not Matt Ryan, is that same call being made? Same exact play. And one of the Atlanta linebackers does that. Are they making that call if it's Zach Wilson getting hit like that and not Matt Ryan? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think that they're selective about, you know, roughing the passer depending on who that passer is that gets roughed. So there's a terrible call. And, of course, that keeps the drive going. And Atlanta goes down and kicks a field goal for the 3-0 lead. Eventually, this game is 17-0. The Jet defense was terrible in the first in the first quarter. The Jet offense was terrible. First two times they had the ball, they go three and out. The third possession, Zach throws an interception on a terrible pass, and he stunk yesterday. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Zach Wilson was horrible in this game yesterday. But the number one thing this team has to start doing they have to start starting these games faster. Do you realize they haven't scored a point in the first quarter yet? I think they've been outscored 62. I forget what the number is, but they've been outscored. It's, it's a ridiculous margin in the first quarter, and they haven't scored a point. And before you can turn around, they're down 17 nothing. And this would have been worse if C.J. Mosley doesn't force a fumble. Jets actually forced a couple turnovers yesterday. Uh, one by Mosley, where he knocked the, the ball out of the tight end's hands when it was 17 nothing, And then later on, uh, same thing happened with Quincy Williams uh, forced to fumble in the game that Zach Lawson, uh, uh, Shaq Lawson recovered. But, you know, outside of that, Jets still, by the way, don't have an interception. They're the only team in the NFL through five games that has not had an interception yet, which is, you know, ridiculous. But they keep getting off to these terrible flat starts. And to me, that's all on the coaches. Does Robert Sala have them ready to play? They thought they had this big plan going to London. They were going to be ready to play this football game. Well, God knows they were not ready. The defense was terrible. They did after sacking Ryan Tannehill six times last week. They had zero sacks in this game against Matt Ryan, who absolutely took them apart. Matt Ryan schooled the Jet defense yesterday. No other way to say it. Cordero Patterson killed him. He had 114 total yards, whether he was running the ball or catching the ball. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the rookie tight end, just destroyed the Jets yesterday. Nine catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. And on this on the touchdown pass that made it 10-0 in the first half, John Franklin Myers, I know they just gave him a big contract, but he's a defensive tackle. He's covering Kyle Pitts in the end zone. How is that possible? Later on, we saw another defensive lineman, Bryce Huff, Covering the other tight end, what's his name, Hirsch, that caught the touchdown and made it 17-0. How is, well, what are defensive linemen doing? Tell me this. What are defensive linemen doing covering tight ends? Can somebody explain that to me? What's that all about? Jeff Ulrich, the defensive coordinator, is that on him? Is that on Salah? What are, what are we doing here? So the Jets are down 17-0 in the first half. Eventually, it would be 20-3, as that's what they were down in halftime. And the defense stunk. And the defense stunk all day. 
Atlanta was 9 for 14 on third downs. The Jets couldn't get off the field. Every time Atlanta needed to make a big play, they did. Whether it was Patterson, whether it was Pitts, whether it was her, whoever it was. Like I said, they put some pressure on, on Ryan, but they never got to him. Not one sack after a big six-sack effort. They did force a couple turnovers. In fact, the Jets won the turnover battle 2-1, to one, and they still won. The Jets, are the, the Jets, when they do force turnovers, how many times have we seen the Jets win turnover battles and still lose the game? I mean, over and I don't care who the coach is. Whether it's Gaze, whether it's Bowles, whether it's Rex, so we could go right on down the line, Mangini, Herman. It's unbelievable. Now, of course, the Jets eventually get back into the game. They're down 20 to 3 at halftime. They get that big kick return. Uh, the second half kickoff, Kev, uh, Tevin Coleman makes a, a terrific return, almost breaks it, takes it all the way to the Atlanta 29, sets up a touchdown. Tyler Johnson takes it in. Amendola misses the extra point. Okay, but it's 20 to 9 now. The Jets are back in the game. Eventually, they they cut the lead to 20 to 17. They get that touchdown run by Michael Carter, who I really like. And it's a 20 to 17 game. But then what happens? And how many times have we seen this? And this gets, and to me, this is overlooked in the total, you know, the way the whole game played out. You know, everybody's going to talk about the slow start and they're down 17 nothing, and the defense can't get off the field and all of this. And Zach Wilson stunk, and he was terrible yesterday. I couldn't even complete little passes out of the backfield to the running backs. He had Michael Carter for one play that Carter probably is still running if he catches the ball, and Zach throws the ball at his feet. Just a little – all you got to do is just, you know, just throw it out there. It's an easy pass. And in the next play, a similar type play to the back out of the backfield, and he winds up hitting the offensive lineman, Morgan Moses, in the back of his head with the pass. I mean, these are easy plays that Zach has to make. And they also got to start, you know, finding ways to have Zach run the football. I mean, where are the run-pass options for this kid? They just, the kid's got mobility. Let him run a little bit. There was one play yesterday, he got out of the pocket. He's rolling to his right. He's out of the pocket. And he could have ran for 20 yards in a first down. And he's chucking the ball down the field. And it was an incomplete pass. I mean, well, what's going on here? And I don't get this, too. Why doesn't Denzel Mims play more? You know, they love this Elijah Moore. All we heard about is how, oh, my God, in camp, Elijah Moore. He's tearing it up. What a pick in the second round. This kid's going to be tremendous. He, you know, he's the second coming of Don Maynard, Wesley Walker, Al Toon. We go right on down the line. How great this kid is. He has done nothing. He didn't catch a pass yesterday. He did draw that pass interference, which set up the touchdown that made it 20 to 17. Okay, he did do that near the goal line. But he didn't catch a pass. There was one play where he was open over the middle and Zach didn't see him. He threw the ball somewhere else. But that's all we heard. How terrific. Elijah Moore, oh, he's so good. Well, he's done squat. How is he so good? He can't catch a cold right now. I mean, really? They don't, I mean, it's not that he's dropping passes, but is he ever open? And when he is open, Zach doesn't throw him the ball. But Denzel Mims, who made a big, when, he, when they do throw the ball to him, he had a big play yesterday, a 27-yard catch that helped in that touchdown drive that made it 20-17. to 17. He caught another pass later on. The way I look at it right now, Denzel Mims looks a lot better than Elijah Moore. Why isn't Denzel Mims playing? 
What is the issue with the coaching staff that they don't want this kid on the field? And I don't want to hear anymore that he, he doesn't play special teams. You know, he can't run routes. I don't want to hear it. When they do throw the ball to the kid, the kid makes a play. And it's usually a big play. <laughs> right? Uh, and Elijah Moore, that's all we hear about a great he is, and he can't catch a pass. He never catches a pass. What is he doing? He's done nothing. He's done nothing. Nothing. But let's get back to the defense, okay? I, got, I had to get all that stuff off my chest. I'm so damn aggravated today. And one other thing, too. Do I have to hear people? I'm watching the post-game show yesterday. I'm not, I'm not going to say who it is, okay? And I understand that they're never going to, you know, the, the criticism is never going to be what it should be in these shows, and I get it. You do get a little from Bart Scott, okay? But I'm not going to say who said this. But I'm tired of hearing that this season is not being measured on wins and losses well, what the hell are we measuring it on? Tell me what. Tell me what that is. What we got? So, so they're going to be four and thirteen this year. Is that what that's? Is that what the final number is going to be? And we're supposed to say, well, but we're not measuring the season on wins and losses. But we went four and thirteen. I mean, how many more of these garbage seasons do we have to see? How many more? When when the hell does a jet season get me- me- measured by wins and losses? When is that? When? Three years from now, when? When the next coaching staff comes in, tell me when that is. When the next savior young quarterback comes in, tell me when the hell that is. I'm sick of hearing it. One in four, another lousy start. They go to the bye week. Here comes New England. They'll go up there and stink it up up there, I'm sure. I mean, I've had enough. Enough. Oh, God. How, how much more can the Jet fans take of this crap? Because it's crap. It's the same old, same old. You know, how many times have we said this over and over? And I, I know it's a cliche anymore that I've said it. But, you know, you can change the uniforms. You can change the practice facility. You could change the stadium they play in. You could change the owners. You could change the coaches. You could change the quarterback. You could change everything. But the results never change. They always stink, right? They always stink. I am so damn sick and tired of it. I really am. But I want to go back. Let's go back to the defense again. Because the Jets get it to 20-17, to 17, that touchdown run by Carter. They get the two-point conversion on the pass to Crowder. And now you're like, oh, my God. There's seven minutes to go in the game. And we you know, we got a chance to pull this game. As bad as it was, down 17-zip, down 20-3, to three, they got a chance to come back and win the damn football game. And then what happens? The first play, Atlanta starts from their own 25. First play, bomb down the middle, Ryan to Pitts for about 50 yards, and that here we go. And then eventually right down the field for the touchdown that puts the game away. And they had a big third and 13 on that drive too. Third and 13, it actually was third and eight, but then there was a false start on Atlanta. Pushes them back to a third and 13. What happens? Boom, I forget who it was to. Uh, it wasn't either, it wasn't Pitts or Patterson that made the play, one of the wide receivers, big pass, 17 yards when they need uh, 13, first down. They also hit a third and two to Patterson on that drive too. Like I said, nine for 14, uh, the defense uh, gave up on third downs yesterday. And again, with the game on the line, 75-yard touchdown drive to basically put the game away. That made it 27-17. Davis ran it in, and the game was over. That was it. That was it. How many times over the years have we seen Jet defenses? We saw this with Rex all the time. As good as the Jet defense was under Rex Ryan, 
How many times with the game on the line did you see the defense give it up? How many times? Let the, let the opposition go right down the field to either you know win the game or basically seal the win over and over and over. And now we see it with Salah's defense yesterday. In a game where all of a sudden now the Jets have a shot, uh, no, they don't. And it didn't take long for them to get down and put and, and take that 10-point lead again. And then at the end of the game, right, the Jets are driving. I mean, any two scores, Salah waited too long to kick the field goal. He cost him about 30 seconds and at least one timeout by not kicking the field goal sooner. You know you need two field, two scores. As soon as you get into field goal range there, kick the field goal. You still got to get another score anyway. Kick the field goal. Try the onside kick and at least give yourself a shot when you still got a timeout, maybe two, if you do get the onside kick. So I thought that was terrible, too, by Salah and, and, the, and the coaching staff. So I, I'm just a, if you're a Jet fan, you got to be totally disgusted. I'm disgusted. And like I said, they're on their way to another four and thirteen win. And I'm taught, excuse me, another four and thirteen season. And I'm sick and freaking tired of hearing, well, we're not measuring the season on wins and losses. Well, what the hell are we measuring the season on? What is the NFL all about? Coming close? Playing tight? Uh, right? I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it. I want to win games. And that game yesterday was winnable. And again, the same old, same old, same old. Coaching staff doesn't have them ready to play football. I'm really really disgusted. If you're a Jet fan, you got to be completely disgusted. And now we got two weeks to sit and stew about it as the Jets sit there at one and four. Like I said, on their way to probably a four and 13 season. Unbelievable. All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the Oda Payne podcast. Obviously, a lot of pain today. Uh, let me give uh, let me give some time to our sponsors. We'll start off, of course, my good buddy Steve Calabrese, Natural Body. Uh, we appreciate all that he's done for us. I feel feel bad. Not really. I don't feel that bad for Steve and the Dolphin fans as they got destroyed yesterday by Tampa. They're sitting there at one and four as well. But nevertheless, Natural Body, and you know what it's all about, uh, enter the coupon code JOEB for 10% off your entire order at naturalbodyinc.com. Anyone that makes a purchase in any of the natural body stores in Ozone Park, Queens, in Belmore, Long Island, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, uh, in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, I think I said Brooklyn, and they're going to get a free natural body t-shirt valued at 25 bucks while supplies last. Please go to any of these stores, ask for Steve. Uh, he does a great job. Uh, all your nutritional needs, uh, you want to be healthy, go see Steve at Natural Body. That's what you got to do. Steve Calabrese, owner and president of Natural Body, Inc., and you can uh, you can email Steve at naturalbodyinc.com. And we thank him for all the great work he's done. Also want to thank my buddies at Anita Tire. Uh, can't thank them enough. Ari, my son Johnny, he's happy today because the Saints bounced back. Won yesterday, beat Washington. Big game for Jameis Winston through four touchdown passes in this game. Uh, they beat Washington 33-22 yesterday uh, in uh, the wonderful nation's capital. And they're 3-2 and two on the year. So my son Johnny's happy about it. But go to Anita Tire. You want tires? This is the place to go if you're in Bergen County. You want to get your car worked on? This is the place to go in Bergen County. See Ari. See Johnny. They'll take care of you. We can't thank them enough for all they're doing for us. We really, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, All my friends at Anita Tire in Rivervale, New Jersey. And we welcome a new sponsor 
Uh, all my friends, Mike Jones and company at the Hackensack Brewing Company. I'm told Mike is a Raider fan. He can't be too happy. The Raiders have now lost two in a row. What a brutal loss at home yesterday to the Bears. Oh, my God. Anyway, we want to thank Mike Jones and our friends at the Hackensack Brewing Company. They're located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge. They're less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood. Now, you know, there's always 12 beers on tap. Uh, which you can enjoy in their outdoor beer garden or in their spacious tap room. They got plenty of packaged goods to go as well. Remember, you can bring your own food to the brewery. You can order from one of the many excellent restaurants in the area, and they'll deliver right to your seat. Are you kidding me? How good is that? Uh, check out hackensackbrewing.com to place an order uh, for pickup or home delivery. The tap room is open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Go over there tonight. Check it out. Uh, right after you listen to my podcast, go right over and see Mike uh, at Hackensack Brewing Company. Again, the tap room is open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10, 2 in the afternoon to 10 p.m. on Saturday, and 12 noon to 8 p.m. on Sunday. Come through and raise a few up with us, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, uh, right behind the tombstones. Peace, love, and beer. Go see our friends at Hackensack Brewing Company. Okay, Joe Beningo. With the Oda Pain podcast, so much pain today. Uh, let's look around the NFL here for yesterday. I, I want to start with the Giant game. And I feel bad for the Giants. I mean, first of all, you get this injury with Saquon Barkley. They lose yesterday to Dallas 44-20. You get the injury to Saquon Barkley, although it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a, a killer injury. It, it's an ankle sprain. That's what it looks like right now. He might only be out a couple of weeks, so that's actually good news. But he got caught it off. Then Daniel Jones... On that play where he, you know, takes off for the end zone, winds up getting a helmet-to-helmet hit, he's actually woozy. Uh, he looked like he, uh, you know, a little bit like Deontay Wilder the other night. Is he shaky coming off the field? He goes into the concussion protocol. He has to leave the game. Mike Glennon comes in. Uh, Kenny Galladay already banged up uh, early in this football game. So the Giants with all kinds of problems with injuries. So you kind of really feel bad for them. And they wind up losing to Dallas 44-20. The Cowboys look very good. The Cowboys are an explosive offensive football team. They got the two-headed monster running the ball with Zeke Elliott and Pollard. Uh, Obviously, Dak Prescott is playing right now at a very high level. They got all these receivers, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, you know, all these different guys, uh, 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 Cedric uh, Wilson, all these guys just uh, torching the Giants yesterday. They are an explosive offensive football team. But with all that said, with all that said, And I'm not saying the Giants were going to win or ever win in this game, but I want to go back to the officiating in this league. And not enough is made. I want to hear some of these writers, some of the people that cover the National Football League, when are they going to have the balls? And there's no other way to say it. When are they going to have the balls, the Gallons, to take shots at the terrible officiating in this league? And how the officiating in this league completely changes outcomes of games. Now, we saw it again. I'm not saying the Jets would have won yesterday if that Quincy Williams roughing the passer call isn't called, even though it was a terrible call. I'm not saying the Jets would have won the game. They still would have lost. But that's a, that is a, a game-changing call. And we saw it in the Giant game, too. They're losing 27-13. They got a fourth and goal. It's in the fourth quarter. You know, they're still not completely out of the game, down two touchdowns. They got a fourth and goal from about the two-yard line. Glennon throws the ball into the end zone. I forget who the receiver was. Clearly, 
He is clearly pushed to the ground by the Cowboy defensive back, no flag. What? I mean, it is a blatant pass interference call. And these guys can't wait to throw the flag on pass interference when you put a fingernail on a receiver, right? When you breathe on them wrong. Blatant pass interference call. Guy's knocked out in the end zone. No call. No call. And the Giants probably aren't winning anyway. They don't have Jones. They don't have Barkley. They don't have Galladay. They probably don't win any game anyway. And the defense continues to be great. Uh, excuse me. Uh, anything but great. Little Freudian slip there. Anything but great. By the way, they paid Leonard Williams. How's that working out? You know, it was unbelievable. Leonard Williams, he was Deacon Jones last year when you know, he was playing for his contract. Uh, he hasn't exactly been Deacon Jones this year. I can tell you that. I don't know what we want to call him, what kind of Jones he's been. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's been jonesing to be the player he was last year. That's pretty much what it is, now that they gave him all that money. But with that said, the officiating in this league stinks. And when is somebody, one of the football writers, one of the guys that cover the NFL, somebody on NFL Network or ESPN or wherever it may be, when are they going to come out and blast the horrible officiating in the National Football League, the selective calls that are made? Terrible. I'm so sick and tired of it. The call on Quincy Williams in a jet game, disgraceful. The call, non-pass interference call in the Giant game, disgraceful. And they may not have changed the outcome of these games, but I, I am so tired of seeing the officials blow calls or not make calls. And you can't tell me that some of these calls, it, it depends on who the guy is or who the team is that the call is going for or against that that call is made. It happens week in and week out. We see it all the time. We saw it last week in the Pittsburgh game when Pittsburgh blocked a uh, against the Packers. Pittsburgh blocked the field goal, was returned for a touchdown, would have changed the entire game. They called a bogus offside call on the Steelers that negated that touchdown. We've seen it over and over and over again. I am sick and tired of it. When is somebody beside Joe Beningo, when is somebody beside me going to call out the horrible officiating there is in the National Football League and how, how these guys can completely determine the outcome of a game with a call, how these guys completely change the entire dynamic of a game with a call or a not call. I'm tired of it. I really am tired of it. Now, as far as some of the other games yesterday in the league, uh, we saw the Rams on Thursday night make it 4-1. and They bounced back after their loss uh, to the undefeated Cardinals. They beat the Seahawks 26-17. Russell Wilson got hurt in that game. He's going to be out five to six weeks. He did what, uh, something similar to what we saw Drew Brees do a couple of years ago. He hit his finger on the helmet of Aaron Donald, went out of the game. He's going to be out five or six weeks. Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback of Seattle. And as far as a backup quarterback, Geno's not terrible, but Seattle falls to two and three with that loss to the Rams. Uh, Pittsburgh bounced back, beat Denver 27-19 yesterday. So they go to two and three on the year. Denver now, after starting out three and zero and beating three teams that had, had, when they played them, had not won a game, they have now lost their last two in a row. Uh, Pittsburgh at two and three, Denver now at three and two. How about the Vikings? They get a fifty-four yard field goal at the gun to beat the Lions, nineteen seventeen. Boy, oh boy! The only thing that you could say if you're a Jet fan is thank God you're not a Lion fan, because Detroit now goes to zero and five on the season. It has not been too good for Dan Campbell so far in his uh, initial season as coach of the Lions. 
So they're 0 and 5, one of the two winless teams, along with Jacksonville, left in the league. Minnesota goes to 2 and 3 on the year. How about that crazy game yesterday in Cincinnati? Uh, all those missed field goals between the Packers and the Bengals. Finally, after missing three consecutive field goals, Mason Crosby nails one with two minutes left in overtime, and the Packers beat the Bengals 25 22. Uh, what a day for Devontae Adams. Uh, what do you have, 11 catches for 206 yards in this football game? What a tremendous game for him. The Packers go to 4-1 and one on the year. Cincinnati still 3-2, and two, uh, even though they wind up losing this game in OT. And Cincinnati had a, a chance to win in overtime, too. And their kicker missed a very makeable field goal that would have won the game in overtime. So they fall to 3-2 and two on the year. We mentioned the Bucks behind five touchdown passes and 400-plus yards from Tom Brady. Just wiping out the Dolphins 45-17 yesterday in Tampa. The Bucs now go to 4-1 and one on the season, and uh, Miami now falls to 1-up and 4-down. The Patriots came from 22-9 down yesterday to beat Houston 25-22. They go to 2-3 and three on the year. I mentioned the four touchdown passes by Jameis Winston yesterday as the Saints bounce back and beat Washington 33-22. They're 3-2 and two on the year. The Eagles beat the Panthers. The Panthers coming back down to earth after their 3-0 start. They've now lost two in a row. They fall three to 3-2 three and two on the year. And the Eagles go to two and three on a season. They got a Thursday night game coming up at home this week uh, against Tom Brady and the Bucks. The Jaguars uh, lost yesterday to the Titans, thirty-seven to nineteen. The Tennessee bounces back from their loss to the Jets. They're three and two. They're going to easily win that crummy division. We mentioned the Bears beating the Raiders twenty to nine. The Raiders again, you know, they 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 get you excited, and uh, you know, uh, again, now they've lost two straight after starting three and zero. Oh. The Chargers won a crazy 47-42 game against the Browns yesterday. Justin Herbert looks pretty damn good. They're 4-1. Arizona now 5-0 uh, with a 17-10 win over the Niners. And the Bills just annihilating people. Beat the Chiefs 38-20 last night. They've won four in a row. And they are uh, easily leading right now in the AFC East. All right. Joe Beningo, episode uh, six of our Oh The Paint podcast. Again, want to thank all our sponsors want to thank Natural Body, want to thank Anita Tires, want to thank Hackensack Brewing Company. Everybody have a tremendous week. Uh, what can I say? If you're a Jet fan, all you can do is sit there and cry. Everybody enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Uh, Joe Beningo on the Oda Payne Podcast.